Welcome everyone, you are listening to and perhaps watching Calling the Audible. I am Pease Del Riz, and I am tired of looking at Simo's faded polos. I'm Simon, I don't care. And I'm Eagle, and I'm pretty sure we told you to not wear that exact polo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Baby, I don't wear clothes for you guys. I mean... Do you wear clothes for anyone? No. Like Clearly. Here's the thing, is you also clearly don't wear them for yourself, because otherwise you have no sense of pride. It's simple. Thursdays is the day that I don't have meetings at work, so mm-hmm. I wear whatever is first on the... And the thing is, whatever is first, so it's, it's always is, the same thing. What's interesting is, what you have first in your in your wardrobe is what most people have on top of their trash pile. <laughs> so there's that. Because if you wear it, then it's going to come back at the top, right? Yeah. That's how it works. You have to implement LIFO. Last in, first out. Yeah. Yeah. But Like in the fridge. But the <laughs> If only... We get it. Simo can't run a restaurant. No. Nope. Yo, did you see that article? But David. It was awesome. Yeah. I loved reading it. Yeah. yeah. It was funny because I had literally just watched the parts are known with Anthony Bourdain, like them stuffing their face, and then I read the article, and I'm like, yeah, times have changed. So for Simo who hasn't read it, um, yes, and I saw it go across the internet, but I didn't. So David Millen, uh, one of the owners of uh, Joe Beef, has uh, after an intervention, has decided to go sober. The guys are famous partiers and eaters and drinkers. And he just decided to live a life less of excess. And he described a time in his life where he's literally drinking some of the finest wine in the world. And he's like, whatever. And he's like, I'm, I'm at a cottage drinking like a Viking in front of my child. What kind of message am I sending? And, and like, every night I'm like, oh, lobster again. Like, and so he just he stopped appreciating all the things that made him love the industry in the first place. Yeah. And so he went through rehab. And since he's come back, He's at him, and now uh, Fred Marais is, is a colleague, a co-owner, has uh, also adopted a sober lifestyle, and, and he's, they've seen, like, the, the, the staff has gotten healthier, and, and they've become sort of less alcohol-obsessed, and, and it's, uh, and, and just with the guy, look, he looks like he's lost 150 pounds. Plus, Obviously. they're pumping money into a new uh, nonprofit organization to help restaurant workers who exactly that, right? You're stuck, not stuck in the job, but the lifestyle of, yep. you know, the smoking and the drinking and the excessiveness. So basically help you deal with that. And what's cool about it is uh, they actually, they've, they've taken the principles of AA, mm-hmm. but they've removed the religious aspect that keeps a lot of people away from yep. AA. Um, and I found it to be particularly awesome, because especially in Quebec, we're not religious people. No, we're not. And it, but also at the same time, all of our swear words are, <laughs> no, but, <laughs> but yeah, I, I agree. I've now sworn on both shows. If, if there's one thing, <laughs> you just had to. If, I agree with you that like it's it's important to have a place for you know. I'm not I'm not religious. You're not religious. Like I, it was an ego though, because you know, because he does the Palm Sunday thing. Yes. <laughs> it's religious. You can't even be mad. That's true. It's, it's, it's just religion. There, there are a lot of the song. We're gonna get flagged by YouTube. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Meant to be a fine for this. No, I think that makes sense. It's weird. It's weird. Have, but yeah, I find that I agree with you. There needs to be a place mass. for for other people that are you know, Jesus is not gonna save me. If he saves you, that's your thing. But I don't like he won't save me because whatever I did before. So I just I believe. You're very worried about a <laughs> confession. I don't just don't finish your thought. Do you think any oh. deities, Jesus or others, could say some team seasons? 
Maybe. But let's start with Wow! <laughs> he got you right there! He's like, oh, it's the first time he uses a segue the right way. Yeah. And instead of saying, let's go but with but it, so, you're like, no. But the problem is, it's not what we want to do in the show. We could have started with that. on your feet, shall we? Speaking of you could have started with that and then go to recaps after. Nope. Recaps. <laughs> What'd you see? Thinking on your feet. I have noticed that you're not very good at it today. You taught on yeah, your feet. I'm exhausted. <laughs> that was right there. That was so good, Eagle. I got you. The you beat Threat Level Midnight by a whopping whatever amount of points. 31 points. Um, Should you be calling me a WAP though? I mean, is it appropriate? Whoa. Seriously. Wow, nine, 29 points, bro. Stay woke, bro. Stay woke. Stay woke. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, I saw some of that game from afar. Uh, the U continues to look yeah, like a I dominant saw some of that game too. five team. Um, if there's one team in 5P that, like, listen, Threat Level Midnight, amazing name. Yes. Uh, great bunch of guys. There will be comp- they're competitive week in and week out. It's just they're not going to be competitive against the top contenders in the division. Mm-hmm. And this shows that they're they won't be a championship team. And uh, the U will be. Yeah, I think so. Um, the U are well built uh, across mm-hmm. across the team. Um, and in this game, it was literally just pacing them to death. Like it was just a, a race, and threat level midnight thought it was like power walking. They just couldn't keep up at any point. Um, Evan Frank lit it up, and it just. Man, Cal Pedvis, Nikola Papich, Joe Cano. Like, they're the studs in this game, but how do you guard that for a lot of teams? You don't. In 5B, you don't. One game I want to bring to your attention, Black Knights against the Kakajou. Mm-hmm. So Black Knights won 31-12. Yeah. That's not the, the, the main focus here. What's the main focus? Do you believe that Black Knights have a chance at being in the top four this season? I keep wanting to say no. Like, like the, not top four as in making the semifinals. Either making the championship game or not, they will be one of the last four teams remaining. I keep wanting to say no, but they keep winning games. Convincingly, too. Like they're not. It feels like. Okay, so here's the thing. Stefan Larosilier should be too good for Division 5, right? But there's always a thing of like, yes, it's tough for tackle QB, so adjust, blah, 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 blah. Is this where he adjusts and we're just behind and not realizing it? I think this is just a season where he actually gives a shit. I've seen him play time and time again. Mm-hmm. I've seen him play as a receiver and make people look foolish on drum balls. I've seen him play in FBF for like five years now. And he gets angry because the guys he plays with are too careless. They, they don't run their routes properly. They, make him, they, they frustrate him. But I feel like this season he's actually, I wouldn't say cal- calmed down. He just takes a different approach. Mm-hmm. So guys actually do what he asked them to do and like it's a better leadership role and they're much more successful than they were. Like yeah. the Black Knights are always that team that sort of gravitates around five Sneak and five but never really, yeah. you know, like four and six. No, oh, they lost that one game or whatever. But I feel like this season there's a solid chance that Black Knights will be that team that takes everybody to surprise in the playoffs. Like they're okay, Black Knights, whatever, they'll be all right. Week one, that the first week of the playoffs, they're gonna blow the other team out of the water. Like forty to twelve. Yeah. And then you're like, okay, like these guys are serious. And then the following week in the quarterfinals, they're going to come in and win by two scores. You're like, okay. like, uh, And then they're going to get into the, sem- the semifinals and we're going to have a very interesting game with what they could do. In they're loaded on both sides of the ball, man. Very talented players. In a tight game between uh, two teams of young kids that I like a lot, mm-hmm. Orsa and the process, we said it was going to be a blowout. Yes, we did. And Orsa kept it close. Very close by a score. Mm-hmm. So, 
I'm su- I'm surprised because I believe the process is the best team in 5B. Mm-hmm. Better than what Black Knights or the U could be this season. Uh, but considering this, this is a bit of a knock on, on both sides. So it's mm-hmm. a bit of a knock on the process saying you guys should have beat Orsa by more. Orsa is a team that moved up from Division 6, now playing in Division 5. From, from, sorry, from Division E2. Yeah. So so they're, they're, they're a good team, but 5B is more difficult than where they were. And I don't see Orsa being one of the top contenders this season. So on one side, the process should be won by more, more convincingly. On the other side, kudos to Orsa for keeping it close against one of the best teams and staying in the game and only losing by seven. Also, they changed jersey colors from black to orange, and everyone knows that orange is very easy to see. So Andrew Langbert knew where to not throw on the field. So Simon was not there on our Hot Sauce Sports episode, uh, which, by the way, totally check out and streaming all the time. Um, yeah. Shameless plug. Excuse me where I plug this in. If, <laughs> if, you're, if you have a problem with uh, me plugging my other show, just email my boss. I'll be happy to hear from you. Uh, <laughs> Peace at FBI. Yeah, his name's Paulo at flagplus.com. Paulo at Roca. You might not have heard him. He's a bit of a ghost. <laughs> He's a bit of a jerk. Um so no, he's a nice version. <laughs> so he's a nice one. He's <laughs> he a comes out just once a year. Um, so the thing is with 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 wearing orange, um, <coughs> orange is used in in um, airports because yes. it's the color that's most uh, it's easiest for the human eye to see and react to. Okay. So it's used for warning signs. So orange is the international color of warning. So because it's so hard coded in it's uh, in everything we see, like orange pylons in the street, for example, it it attracts our attention. So uh, Marc-Andre Fleury from the Pittsburgh Penguins actually had to change pad color at one point because one of his coaches found this out and said, you need, because it would attract attention to the shooters who would know instinctively where he was positioned. So he switched to all white pads and then became a multiple Stanley Cup <laughs> winner. I'm serious. It, it's okay, so, so when did you learn this? I learned this when I worked in the airline industry 10 years ago. So I've never had an orange jersey. So you've known this for 10 years? Yeah. You've never once decided, hey, Simon, maybe you should you know, consider this? Uh, well, it's b- actually no, but Eagle brought it up because we talked about it on another show. Hot Sauce Sports, by the way, I highly but recommend it. But then why it. don't we wear orange? It's on YouTube. No, well, because... Offensively. So, so okay, but you have to but wear then the what does the defense, defense do? Oh, no, b- back of the jersey is orange. Oh, so yeah. Oh, sees the rest, <laughs> black on the front side. Yeah. All right, Duke, I need a design ASAP. Ha- yeah. Halloween jerseys, black and orange. That's pretty smart. The jack-o'-lanterns. Uh, it should be black and like turf green. Think about it. Stop. Touch by Nangeletti beats uh, Voodoo. A bit of a shock to me. Five A. Uh, Voodoo I, is is um, Touch by Nangeletti. Uh, why is his name escaping me? I talk to this dude all the time. Shane Fiber. Shane Fiber. I'm getting so fucking so old. Wow. And I'm sorry. I'm wow, sorry. This guy. That wasn't that wasn't intentional. I'm, I'm just getting I'm getting frustrated because I'm getting so old and forgetting everything. You are old. Um. You just said his name too. <laughs> Shane Feinberg. Shane Feinberg. Um, is he good? Yes. Question mark? Yes. <laughs> right? Like, like, like the thing is, I, I keep, I believe in him. I love the dude. I think he improves so much from his first season to the next season. And yes. now he's like. He plateaued. But like, the, so. The team keeps on moving forward, but he plateaued. So, so he's I remember facing tougher competition. But I saw what I've, what I've seen myself. And I've seen in other quarterbacks, is we, we kind of think people just improve, like the Rod Mashtub improvement, right? Where he was here and just whoop, and it's still going up, right? 
But like uh, most guys, I would say, sort of make a, make a huge leap and then level off. And then improve, and then level off, and then yeah. improve. So these plateaus, it's, it's not like you'll stop. It'll just stop for a while, and then it'll get better. I find so realistically, like, you, you improve, but then you face tougher competition, so you're sort of adjusting to what you have mm-hmm. now, and then you'll improve compared to what you're playing again. So, like, you're moving up six to five. Now you're adjusting to level f- to five. takes a little bit of time. Move up to four, because you, you, you're good now, and then adjust to four, and... At some point, you're going to hit your, your own personal plateau. I remember in the spring season interviewing him. He was actually one of our first guests. And we were talking about, you know, up and coming and adapting to the league and all that stuff. And it was great. Uh, no, I think there's no football experience, if I remember. Please. Did, did, didn't we make, yeah, it was no football experience. And also, I remember that in a competition about cricket, we got him to say that you were right yes. and Mo was wrong. Even though Mo was right. No, so Mo was wrong. one thing I did <laughs> notice, though, between that spring campaign and now uh, is that in so of the 10 games in spring, 36 touchdowns, 16 INTs, 11 sacks. You look at this year, so half the games, he has 14 touchdowns. That's way less than half from before. Nine interceptions, Four. that's way more than half from before. One. And five sacks, which is about right. So... Completion percentage, 55 over 63 instead. QBR of 74 instead of 91. So statistically, so worse. He, he's doing way worse this season. Yeah. Well, so one more interception, four less touchdowns. Like but in half a season. Yeah, but it's not like a world of difference. He went from 18 to 14. The interceptions from are... Eight to I nine. would disagree on the, the interceptions. Oh, okay, whatever. Because he, he has a whole other season where he can throw eight more. Plus 28 over 36 TDs. That's a lot of points you're not putting on the board. Yeah. Yeah, but like it's not, it's it's close-ish. Like you're not, you were forty An- to five, analysis, and now you're thirty-six. Analysis to by Simon it's close-ish. It's close-ish. And then like it took you a second to collect your thoughts. <laughs> it's like the James Harden travel gather step, and it's like, all right, which works all the time. Yeah. By the way, I still don't get it. Um, yeah, listen, I think that Touchman and Angeletti is one of those teams in five eight that should be better than they are. But they beat Voodoo. But they beat Voodoo convincingly 26 to, se- to 7. So is this your typical Voodoo moment where Voodoo is very good and then where's Voodoo, Voodoo is now? Voodoo ver- is the best team in the division with the lead. When uh, they don't get the lead, they struggle. One thing to notice in this game, Patrick Saint-Amand not present. Which hurts Frankie a lot. Yeah, but at this point you should be able to manage. Whatever. Correct. But have you watched Voodoo? Yeah, I know. He I looks for Patsy You know what it is? It's it's not only that Patsy wasn't there, but also he draws a lot of attention from the opposing yeah. defense, which opens up a lot of other guys. Because if you don't have that, okay, yeah, sure, you have Angelo Garofalo, you have Etienne Verancourt, Hugo Superana, Martin Bejeral, they're all good receivers, but Pat draws the attention, right? So if you have two guys coming up down the field and you're the safety, you know what side you're cheating to, opening up the other guy. Of course. Here it's like, oh, go ahead and try me, bro, right? Try me, bro. Super Saiyans won 32 nothing in Stanton Hammocks. Super convincing game. The uh, notable Brandon Elwood wasn't there. And someone named Wes Hyman was quarterback. Oh, that explains the zero points. Sorry? That explains the zero points. Yeah. Uh, so, um, that said... 7 for 23, 5 INTs. Those are Simo Dajne's stats. Yeah. Wow! That's a journal R did what you do when you're facing a back, backup quarterback. You put up points and you win the game convincingly. Right? That's what a good, yes. good quarterback does. You, want, you win by 30 and you put them in the shame. Um, to me, Jordan Allard is amongst the top in the division at quarterback, undisputed. Like, he's top three, easy. He's not the flashiest of quarterback, but he's probably the most efficient. And the he, like, he doesn't throw a lot of interceptions mm. as a good percentage completion. Will score with 
not a lot of plays left in the game. You yeah. give them five plays before half, they will put up six yeah. or seven or eight, which is why Super Saiyans are winning so many games. Um, Dylan Seagal. Yeah, I know that's not how you pronounce it, but it's how I'm going to pronounce it. <laughs> Three touchdowns. Jared Gallant getting on scoring. Jared Gallant, to me, has been criminally underused on this team. Um, I've coached them in FPL yep. Junior, so that's why maybe I have a bias. Cause, Most likely. Uh, but it's just a dude that big. I remember we played against him. after That the, tall. The, the, the uh, season after I coached him, he played against us in Div 6. And one of my guys on my team was, was like, that guy's incredible. I'm like, yeah, he's like 17. He's like, bullshit. I'm like, listen, man, growth hormone's real. If it can work for Barry Bonds' face, also, it can work some for kids Jordan are like 6'5 by the time they're 12. Yeah, I think that was Jordan. Uh, Randy Johnson looking motherfucker. <laughs> the game of the week this week was GLC against Dream, Chaser, Dream yeah. Chasers. GLC are officially without Kevin Lubin. He yeah, he tore his Achilles. Achilles. So, uh, good news, bad news for uh, Kevin Lubin. He tore his ACL. Which is worse in my opinion. It is way worse. But uh, there's two types of torn Achilles. One where the muscle retracts into your calf and one where the muscle stays close. Mm-hmm. Um, so he doesn't, at the moment, doesn't need surgery. He wears a boot that cranks into position after several weeks and um, he likely can avoid surgery, which is awesome. Which is great. Which is, you know, just because it's, it's such a debilitating recovery. Is he a big fan of Jason Statham? Because he can watch the crank series. You know those dad jokes from last week that you kept dropping? You could again long show, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but um, okay. So let's okay. So now let's take the. uh, You could have gone with if he's a big fan of drugs. Sorry, (laughs) didn't want to go that angle. (laughs) Okay, so (laughs) Jesus Christ, I'm a big I'm a a big fan of Kevin Lubin. Everybody, like yeah, we're we're friends. Uh, Well, you're his friend. No, sorry, he's your friend. You're not his friend. No, 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 we're friends. And uh, anyways, we'll take this attention away from him and we'll look at what GLC is now. Yeah. Right? So they lost Kevin Lubin, which was a huge part of their offense, mm-hmm. uh, leading in touchdowns after uh, a couple of weeks. It's also his rating makes no sense. I don't know how it plummeted so low so uh, that he can fit. Yeah, yeah it's, so called, it's, it's called the five and co-ed with like, no stats. I don't understand either. It's one of those tricks. I don't know. Anyways, he was leading the team in yardage and touchdowns mm-hmm. and catches. After four games. Now he's gone. They replaced him with Ricardo De Rosier. Which is nice. Which is, after three games, you know, almost on par with what Kevin did in four. Like, similarly. Yeah. Right? Is Ricardo De Rosier a better fit for Heyman Long's offense than what Kevin Lubin? I Lubin's think Heyman Long has defined roles for players. And he is Kevin Lubin in his offense. I completely disagree. Okay. I've seen... I've seen their games with without. So you're wrong. But okay. So I've seen them use Kevin Lubin. Okay. He uses Kevin Lubin the same you way eyes, he would use Mendy Cardi Sean before. Yeah. So a lot of So he fills a role in the offense. Yes. But Ricardo okay. De Ozzi does not play that role at all. Okay. So he he uses him for his size and the fact that on the sideline nobody could cover him. So my point was is that he has people fill a role. So mm-hmm. Mendy took a backseat to Kevin Lubin. Mm-hmm. But now Mendy goes back to being the downfield threat and you have Ricardo De Rosier taking the role that was actually Mendy Carter's. No, Mendy wasn't either playing that role. He kept forcing the ball underneath instead of going over top. Now he's got size on one side, which is his, like his backup plan now. I mean, so, but he's still going underneath so, Ricardo so De Rosier. It, no, he's not. He is, though. No, he's, hooks on the sideline is not slants in the middle. That's fine, but it's still, he's still your short intermediate receiver. 
because of size. Anyways, point is now it feels. You like just wanted to no, disagree no, no. with me. No, because <laughs> it's I, fine. It's good for ratings. Because I looked at that during one of their games. I was talking to Mo, and at the end of the day, it looks like Amy Luong is more comfortable now because he doesn't have to feed superstars. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, let me run my offense. Let me use the. But the see, I, I I disagree because I I think Amy Luong runs his offense no matter what. At times, yes, but there's also times where he, he's. He's trying to make nope, plays. Not, not true. Next, next game. <laughs> <laughs> nope, not true. Not true at all. So um, you don't want to talk about Dream Chasers putting up thirty nine? Yeah. Okay, we'll do that. We'll do that. Um, we were talking about the game. Dream Chasers. So there's a lot of talent. Are they chasing dreams? But just think about it. They put up three extra points and lose. Yes. Two right. extra points. Yeah, it's crazy. Well. That's, Hyman Long has been one of the most efficient quarterbacks in Division Five history, right? So people that were complaining like Joey Taylor is Division Five quarterback who made the Hall of Fame, he's not a Division Five quarterback. Hyman Long is a Division Five quarterback. <laughs> that would be your argument if Hyman Long made the Hall of Fame. His, his efficiency has always been amazing. Yep, he's always going to. But that's who he is, though. Yeah, like he, he's going to complete a lot of passes, move the chains, and not make a lot of mistakes. But he's not make a lot of mistakes. But when he struggles, is when you're playing a lot of press because he doesn't go over the top much. Mm-hmm. He doesn't take the big plays. He doesn't take big shots. And if if he's playing against the time, against the clock, mm-hmm. that's when he really struggles. He needs time on his side. So if the game is close and he has the ball, there's no hurrying him. But if you're if he's down seven points, there's only five minutes left in the game. He's going to make mistakes. So for for uh, Dream Chasers, ben- Benjamin McMahon, look, not a natural quarterback, but surrounded with talent and Hassani Worrell, Kevin Donnett, Steve Underh- Underhill. Um, a lot of the guys that he knows from when they were vultures in Div 6. Um, he just makes plays. McMahon? Ben? Yeah. Whether it's with his feet, whether it's with his feet in the pocket, whether it's uh, you know scrambling by extra yep. time. Um, his athleticism, his, his low center of gravity makes him a threat. Uh, he's also so fast. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Is, is he's fast, and it's ho- it's hard for the rusher to stay low on him because he's mm-hmm. not a tall dude. So it's not like a guy is fast, but the rusher has position. It's hard to get position on him. It's hard to deflag him, and he's fast. Yeah, and he changes direction incredibly quickly. Yes. Um, so it's not entirely surprising because I've seen Magic McMahon go off like this. It just it hasn't happened a bunch this season. It hasn't happened much this season. I feel like Dream Chasers are. Chasing dreams. Chasing dreams. Making using your crappy joke. I can't. I I, I didn't want to. I know. I know. You're <laughs> I really fighting it. To. You're fighting it. Uh, it's just they could be very good because they have a lot of good pieces. Like it's a it's a good team. A lot of strong receivers, strong DBs. But at the end of the day, they allow 40 points consistently. Their offense at times put up sub 12. At times puts up 40. Like this is if they could be this team week in and week out, they would have a much better season. Mm-hmm. What changed? I don't know. Maybe it's just like uh, they, they they had the right matchups against GLC, but at the end of the day, you, you need more games like these. Any other games? Yeah, the Palpatine Spartans game. Yeah, okay. Spartans beats Palpatine thirty-one twenty-seven. I I kind of saw that the game going the other way around. Like I'm not a big Spartans fan this season. I feel like you more just hate on Spartans. It's fine. Okay. They're super inconsistent. That's Some the seasons they're like, "Wow, this is gonna be a good team," and then they put up seven points for the first five weeks. Well, so the thing <laughs> is, but like, I feel like no one notices how the roster's been getting better through seasons. So Andrew Grant now is a full-time player. Alexander Wells on the team. That's a huge, huge addition to the offense, but an incredible addition to the defense. One of the yeah. most instinct- instinctive defenders I've ever played with. Uh, Alexi Brissett's back from injury. Mm-hmm. So I mean. The team got better. The team is better, but they're also not playing better this season as a whole. Like this was a, f- 
Yeah. To me, this is a fluke. They're four and two with uh, t- 124 points for and 96 against. I mean, that's. Uh, I think right. I, like, I, your game, you're basically it's a three score versus two score game every week. Yeah, that's that's not what you expect from the Spartans with this roster. So they put, they put up 20 points a game. It's not great. That's what I said. Yes, but yes, it's not great. This is my life. <laughs> also, because um, if you if you say if you just throw out numbers, people stop listening. Um, or if Simo speaks, people stop listening. Twenty points is not a number. <laughs> Actually, what? twenty is a number. Points is not a number. You're right. Points is not. You learn something new every every week. Um, but twenty Mar- is a number. Marc Andre Delaney says he need a new uh, quarterback coach because it's the most piece that line. Twenty-one of thirty-one, two hundred twelve yards, four touchdowns, four interceptions. Yes. It's funny because Alex Noel was poisoned the last time they played each other for a map. Was poisoned. Was poison. Oh yes. And Bro, the, come on! It's like one of the most used figure speech. I know, but I heard poisoned. I was like, for real. <laughs> but this game, no ints. Those went to Hernandez, Campbell, and Bissett. But yeah, that four ints is not. But good. also, it's very like, peas like. Yeah. Hey, well. Also, can I just mention? He threw four ints, and Spartans only win by four. Yeah. How? Well, well James Andrew also threw two. Yeah. Okay. And you could Still? have. So. Yeah, you could have two that were last bit of half, last bit of half. So they yeah. were actually di- well. One I know was on a hail mary for sure. So, so you're you're down I think the last yeah. play game. Was last yeah. play the game. You're down by four. You have one shot. You take it. You get picked off. Okay. And, and especially like Marcante is not a guy with a big arm, so it's a hail mary. Will often be intercepted. Yeah, or it's going to be slow and and doesn't go in his favor. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. So uh, that's a game where but I'm still a bit surprised. I found like Palpatine should have been more. A bigger of a contender this season. I the ad roster consistency. Well, but so like, for example, we saw Eagle and I saw, or Eagle saw. I was in a hot tub in Atlanta. Uh, Excuse me, uh, Eagle. Well, I told you I don't stay in motels. Uh, so, Eagle, um, Eagle pointed out. Uh, or sorry, Eagle was present for the game where our team played him, who was an experienced team, mm-hmm. and and ripped him apart in the playoffs in springtime. Right. Okay. Yes. These are facts. Yeah. These are facts. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. facts. You're The guy arm, died. There was one arm on the left side yeah. of the field, and the other was on the right. Why side is this so hard to understand? It's like, um, it's like poisoned. He was reborn after being poisoned. Um, <laughs> but that's the thing is, uh, he. I think he could have benefited from another season, Division Six, to 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 ref- refine his reading mm-hmm. ability. Um, it just it, success came to him so quickly that he just said, "Okay, well now with better receivers, I'll be automatically better." Yeah, but with those better receivers, you also need to be more accurate with mm-hmm. the ball, right? So yes, you have to make the good reads, but you also need to place it in a, a where a place where the defender can't make a play on the ball, and also your receivers are better, so you can't put it well. You can put it behind them, let's say, but those are picks, so you have to lead them into it. You know, reminds me of the season Michael Donna sub for Dark Siders in Division B, and mm-hmm. he was at the time a Division Five quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, and he told me after three plays, he says every time, like every time I'm ready to throw, the routes are finished. Yeah, <laughs> and like you know what I mean. So like you're missing the windows because just just because you're getting better receivers, it doesn't mean you're at the point yet where you can make the right reads. But and I'm use I'm, them right. I'm confident. Like I th- I like Mark Andre a lot. I think I think he's a very smart guy who absorbs knowledge at a remarkable rate. Mm-hmm. It's just a question of the experience of playing against th- this com- type of competition. Right, like this season, he's thirteen touchdowns, thirteen interceptions. Yeah, so 
from a guy who was an all-star in the six last season. Yeah, and the, the guy that subbed for him one week, Mathieu Domont, is six for two. Yeah. And like he doubled, essentially doubled his QBR. Yeah, and and threw half the half the touchdowns in one game. Yeah. Like all season. So, so essentially what you have is uh, he's struggling sort of because of that. Like you can't have games where you go four touchdowns, four picks. You're not going to win games. Yeah. Like and if you do win that game, you owe everybody on your team like a pitcher of beer because you they bailed you out. Everyone's like drinking a pitcher themselves? Yes. Who's driving? <laughs> <laughs> Selfie. Marc André Denis because he has to belt. He drives them all back individually. He's like he's like the. Uh, that sounds like the worst. He's, he's like the private jets flying people back to to Firefest. Um, <laughs> in five B. Okay. Looking at sort of some of the teams on the outside looking in. What? Uh, Orsa with one win. Dope boys with one win. What's up with dope boys, man? Like <laughs> rope dope I'm boys. So annoyed by their existence. Wow. Yeah. Annoyed by their existence. Yeah. <laughs> you, Any other questions? You're, you're going far today, yeah, man. I'm tired. <laughs> um, also, I need to call the website, guys, because we have a bug. Because there's 14 spots, but only 13 <laughs> And also, Dope Boys are third feet, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. One and five. Let's go, man. <laughs> I didn't even open the playoff. So that means I started speaking. <laughs> no, it's really good. But, like, given... Ton of cats. Have a playoff bye. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> also, there's no buys in Division Five. Given that there's only 16 teams in uh, that make the playoffs in Division Five, um, can a team like Orsa or Kakajou or or oh wait, yeah, or 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 Dope Boys? I couldn't find them because they're okay. So, so real question here: How many teams is in Division Five? 28 or 26? We have 13, 13 or 14, 14. It's 13, 13. Because the website is saying 14. There's yeah, I know. It's empty slot. It's broken. Okay. I know. Okay. So there's so out of 13 teams, only Thanks eight... Thanks for taking time to answer my question. You're welcome. Only eight... Actually, makes it instead of making a joke that didn't land, you could have just... Uh, no, I was it. actually curious. Out of 13, only eight makes it in. So five, te- five teams will not make it in. Realistically, you should be in with four wins. That's what I'm saying. So now, looking at n- Need Help, Thrill of Midnight, Tropic Thunder... Oh, no, sorry. Uh, uh, Orsa, Kakaju, let's start with Dope Boys. Let's start with like, all those teams with zero and one win. Let's start okay, zero one. I was like, let's start with the conference. If we start with com- conference A, teams that let's say are on the bubbles, A Town and Sturdam. Les Barons there, but nah. Punishers are in simply because yeah, that's next not week the game. question I asked you. Okay. We'll get there. Oh my god. Okay. We're gonna get there in forty five minutes. No, so the teams that I believe could make it in the playoffs this season, Sturdam, I believe Sturdam will make the playoffs this season. I think Punishers are gonna be on the outside looking in. A Town, there's a chance A Town makes it in. But teams like Les Barons, Orsa, and Les Carcajou, I don't see it. Okay. So can you give me analysis for that part of it since that's the question I asked you? So Orsa is a team that moved up from Division 6. Same thing you said before. Yes. They <laughs> that's, that was, I like how you bought time to open the link. No, on the I did not. <laughs> at least you <laughs> that. At least filibuster <laughs> properly. No, I think that Orsa is a team that's learning. They moved up. 5, 5A is a much faster... Uh, 5B is a much faster division than what Division 6 was for them or Division E2 was for them. Uh, they're learning, they're improving, they're playing games well, but I think that they're too... The, the hole's too deep for them to crawl out of. Right? You only have three points after six games. It, it's tough for them to go get three out of four wins to make the playoffs. The Carcajou this season... How frustrated is Ben Reed right now? Very. For Carcajou. Very. 
because he's a thrown lot. seven touchdowns, six interceptions, which, again, if you don't open the link, you know what I was talking about. But yeah, no. Their offense, the Kakajou, have no offense. Okay. And it's it, Ben Reed is a good, he looks the part, mm-hmm. but he doesn't read the field the right way, doesn't call the right plays. So it's more of a he coaching also, issue than actual talent issues. His body hints to where he's throwing the ball. Yeah, and that's defenses, mechanics, though. And because he doesn't have, like, I mean, we're not the right guys to talk mechanics, <laughs> but, no. ben, but Ben Reed's mechanics make it so so that he's pointing to where he's throwing the ball. Yeah. The But the the main thing I find for Kakaju and the way Ben reads his offense is I've seen it before. With him playing in previous seasons, the play calling is the issue. And it, it starts with they're not calling the right plays, which creates bad reads, which creates bad throws, which creates bad plays. And it's it, they need to learn plays that work in FPF that are not tackle plays. Once they get that going, you're going to see his completion percentage skyrocket and his interceptions drop. And they're going to be more successful, and their offense is going to go. You can't score forty-three points in six weeks. What about threat level midnight? We we touched upon it a little bit earlier in, uh, in the podcast, saying how uh, great guys, nice name. I don't think they're going to be competitive this season. Is it surprising to you, looking at the roster, that they're not competitive? A little bit, a little bit, but their offense is just not right. Like to me, it's a quarterback issue. The, the guys on his team have been successful in the past. They've been successful in the higher But Jean-Tel Lemieux has also been successful. It feels like something happened. It traumatized him. And he hasn't been the same since. Time. Like, he was good back in, like, the FOTC days, which was, like, 2012. Seven mm-hmm. years ago. The guy has a life now. He works. He doesn't work out. But maybe he does. I don't know. <laughs> but he You don't know his life. <laughs> don't judge him. I don't him. know his life. But he doesn't play football You're not his anymore. supervisor. I'm not. Or are you? Maybe that's what was traumatic about his life. <laughs> <laughs> but he doesn't like so he has these these weird games where he's just off. Mm-hmm. And when he's off, he's it's it's bad. It's like he's one of those guys that when he when he's good, he's good, but when he's bad, he's really bad. And I find that this season's kind of that. He doesn't have to he has the right receivers to win games in this division, but he doesn't have the receivers to bail him out. In Division 5A, right. the top seeds right now, Super Saiyans, Rolling with Mahomes, dumb name, Outlaws and GLC, they're the top seeds. Mm-hmm. Do we think that's pretty much locked up? I think so. I think that all these teams are too far away and too good to lose the rest of the season away. Mm-hmm. Like I don't see Rolling with Mahomes losing at least three of the next four games. Yeah. So they're going to win probably two or three games. Even if they lose one, it doesn't really matter. They're still going to finish at the top. Um, the w- I mean, GLC, Voodoo's loss hurts them, definitely. Yes, at 4-2 and two now, there's a chance that... 4-2 and two is fine, but next week matters a lot. If you lose next week's game, if you're Voodoo and you lose next week's game, and then you fall from what was 4-1 and one to 4-3, and three, mm. you're in a tough spot. What's interesting is they don't face G- GLC. Yes. So it doesn't give them a head. It doesn't. There's no head-to-head to worry about. That said, GLC's next game, uh, Super Saiyans, and the end of the season against Outlaws. It's brutal. So uh, Voodoo might just sneak in for. So, so GLC is a good team. Could win some of these games, but that's like the toughest games to play. Yeah. Meanwhile, Voodoo gets uh, Ravens, who are supposed to be good. Texas Rangers, Spartans, Ravens and uh, an easy win against Nakatomi Survivors. <laughs> I still can't believe we're not uh, eliminated from playoffs yet. I still can't believe we've won zero games. Yep. I still can't. I still can't believe you guys playing in five. Says the guy who plays in three. Uh, no, I'm just saying you guys should be better than this. Yeah, 
but we're not. <laughs> <laughs> quarterback got injured week one. It doesn't help. That's true. But then, don't you have a quarterback on the team? Yeah. That could like, step in and play quarterback? Correct. That's Dave Dahu. He's playing quarterback. I was talking about another guy. Yeah. Mr. Yardage himself. Uh, no, it is all, if we okay. have all, we have our faith in the, the other left-handed quarterback. Who's, who's worse, Nakatomi or Tuesday Night Lights? Well, there's not enough Tuesday games for <laughs> them to win, so by definition, yeah, it's not their fault. Whereas but Nakatomi Tower is still sta- standing, and we survived. Okay, analysis. Vudu. So we talked about Vudu. They, they can't lose at least the next game. They have Texas Rangers and Ravens. Can sh- will they win either of these games? Yes. Because. I think they're better than Texas Rangers. And I don't understand Ravens. <laughs> no one does. Like, it's the best crappy team <laughs> <laughs> in Division 5, right? Yeah. In Division uh, 5 I history. I also find that Ravens is the, the right team to beat Voodoo because they're going to be able to take away what Voodoo likes to do. Like it's, th- it's that defense that Frankie will not be successful against. Texas Every time we say that, though, Frankie scores 40 points. I know. Texas Rangers, though. They have the top-end talent to take away a guy like Pat St. Amand completely out of the game. Mm-hmm. They could shut him down to zero catches. I don't think they'll score enough to make it difficult for uh, Voodoo. Voodoo's going to score 24, 25 points regardless. Who's but that's what I'm saying. I think they'll win that game like 24, 18, 24. Uh, scraps. Ugly game. Okay. Eagle, what time is it? Um, well, it's currently 9.29. We're actually I, a little I, bit late. It's tonight. actually 9.30. Yeah, it's pretty bad. But also... I hate you. It is time for games of the week. <laughs> what, what did you set him up so you can make a bad joke out of it? Don't um, ask him what time is it. Just tell him, Eagle. Eagle. I've literally Eagle. asked him that every time, and he's always just said games of the week. Except this one time. And now he's going to do it every single time. I was going to ask him, hey, Eagle, what games of the week is it? <laughs> <laughs> it's time. <laughs> it's 9.30. Um, okay, let's start off top of the list here. Brocasian versus Longhorns. Give me that Brocasian. Honestly, Brocasian's defense is super light. Um, really? I don't think they'll win this game. Uh, and um, I think Sarantola has a lot to learn at quarterback. So I just think it'll be an ugly win, uh, an ugly loss for them. Yes, but no. I think that lo- the way Longhorns plays defense is going to help Sarantola in this game, and he's going to have a six-touchdown game. Yeah, but so will John Moody. Plus converts. Absolutely. Okay. Moving on. You're wrong. All right. We have tents and hammocks versus tip-top shape. Uh, it depends if Brandon Edwards there. Yes. Because I don't know where Hyman is. Where's Hyman? I can tell you one thing about him. He's not a quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> tip-top shape, I've been looking better and better every week. They're, they, they play the gritty type of offense. It, they win games with the weirdest plays, but it works. I, just, I feel like a lot of that's absolutely on David DeAndre. It's, he's a smart guy. He's a good athlete. He's in tip-top shape. And he makes plays. It's, yes, there's, a lot, there, there's some plays. I, I was at the game yesterday when they played. And Which against, is still not uploaded. Against, yes, against the same And the weirdest part is, so he scored on these plays, like, four, like 30, 40 bombs. So he's hitting like a deep post down the middle over two DBs into his guy, like a, a bucket catch for his receiver, which is great. Why but would you throw that? <laughs> but <laughs> on the same play, on the left side, this guy's running a fly and there's nobody for 15 yards. Because they double teamed the post. <laughs> yes. But he still scored and the, the the ball was uncontested. Yeah. 
So I, I, I'm thinking to myself, it can't work every time. And I think they did like three times. That's crazy. And we got some really good ones. We have Rolling With My Homies versus Outlaws. It's not a good one because I don't want to say their names. So yeah. give me Outlaws because, sorry, I'm not saying that stupid name. Yeah, Outlaws will take away Nick Settle. And that's Rolling With My Homie. He's the one homie. And we also have GLC versus Super Saiyans. That's a good game. Give me Super Saiyans. Yeah. Because they are more physical and they're going to get GLC mad. Although uh, with Ricky de, la, de Rosier now, they, they're suddenly a lot more physical. I saw him chest bump a guy into a penalty. It was great. Into a penalty? Yeah. He, he, he stopped in front of him. The guy ran into him, bumped off of him, and then he got contact. I thought he chest bumped his own player who went into the other field and caught like a flag in the eye that was being thrown for like a holding. That's what I thought you meant. <laughs> you're, you're, Give you're, me Super Saiyans. You're crazy. You're fool. No, but you're fool. All right, we're going to go to 5B. Let's go with uh, Takeover versus Fighting Flamingos. Um, I've liked Takeover for a long time. Uh, yes. They're good dudes, and, and I like the style of play. So take over on me. Yes. Take me on. Yes. Uh, all right. Uh, Orsa versus Tropic Thunder. Um, this is a game. So Orsa, we've been saying, is likely in the wrong division. The Tropic Thunder is even more so in the wrong division. So I don't think the Orsa is in the wrong division. I think they're just, it's their first season yet, and they're they're going to be in the right division next season. They needed to make the leap and learn. It's just, it's one of those tough seasons for them. Uh, I'm still taking Orsa on this one. Let's go with Mobamba versus Ligro Cook. Oh, man, such a <sighs> difficult decision. Ty, <laughs> I can't <laughs> choose between my children. Mobamba <laughs> is such a great name, but Ligro Cook's winning this game. They've been they've been good recently. I mean, I mean, what are you trying to turn this into a Mobamba measuring contest? <laughs> and tough lungs versus punishers. Um, I don't like this matchup for tough lungs. I think the the size of punishers will make it very difficult. I'm not a fan of punishers. They have to fall off the bandwagon. I have to fall off at some point. That's the point. So both falling off the wagon, falling off the bandwagon, not the thing you want to say. <laughs> so that's true. Doesn't mean the same thing. Falling off the wagon means like they all become alcoholics again. Yeah, I'm not English, so we're to fall- be fair, falling off the bandwagon would mean that they were fans of themselves and no longer. I, I'm no longer a fan, so so you fell off the bandwagon. Yes, uh, he's been Simon. He's been Eagle. Uh, the playoff schedule's uploaded. Go ahead and take a look. Doing the thing. Nope. Done. Things done. I wanted final thoughts. Oops. You weren't going to give it to me. No. I stole it. Yeah. <laughs> you took it. I am peace. You are you. Thank you all for letting me be myself. Thank you for letting me take this now. You got to let me tell them the schedule's up because I'm getting emails every day. You're not getting no, emails. No, because I'm not getting the emails. We're getting the same emails. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you, Rob. <laughs>